Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hashtag buttheadis. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Hello and welcome to ABW Live. Um, this is a bit of a change of a host. It's normally Jason or Chris. Uh, they finally scraped the bottom of the barrel and I've put turned up in kind of lockdown. So yeah, it's your host this evening, Josh. And tonight to talk through the Arsenal for Norwich nil, we've got a couple of locals on. Um, they're not related, I'm told. You, I'll let you decide, listeners, if you believe that or not. But we'll start with the man who turned up on time. It's Ellis Mel. Ellis, how's it going? All right, mate. Yeah, we're not related, as people probably would say, and my fingers and toes aren't <laughs> webbed. So we'll get those two jokes out of the way, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Good to yeah. be on here, mate. And uh, and actually nice to come on to a game where we've pretty much dominated four goals to talk about. It's going to be amazing. Can't I know, wait. absolutely. I was hoping we'd get about six so I could talk about you being able to count them on one hand but can't have that one anymore. And the other one that's there, it is Nicky or Nick. Uh, how's it going, Nick? Yeah, not too good, boys. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's good to get me back on doing a host and hosting a win because I think I went through a row of doing all the Europa League losses. Uh, it's nice to see that both myself and John Welsh have got rid of our jinxing abilities since COVID has come in. Uh before we start, let's go to the chat box. I think first in, well, I'm going to scroll right back up to the list. It was Archie, uh, then Jimmy H29, Grant Wilburn's in there, uh, and 235100. Uh, I've seen Danny the GFP is in there, Alonzo Spencer, J Rob, Renry, Mike Hertz, Loki73. I'm sure you guys have got like multiple YouTube windows up because you can't be watching us and I think Tom's live at the same time as us. I mean, that's not a reason to leave. Please don't leave if uh, Tom's live. Or if you are, give us a like before you leave and then I don't care. It'll be fine. <laughs> Just come back for the superior content when, when you're all right. Um, but yeah, let's start with the lineups. Uh, Ellis, what did you kind of think? Because there were quite a few changes in there. Uh, how did you feel? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too surprised it was going to be some changes. Obviously, um, it's quite an intense game against Sheffield United over the weekend. Uh, obviously, it didn't go to extra time, thank God. But I think they played quite hard there, and I, you were always next. I expected Aubameyang to come back into the squad. Um, I didn't realise that Saka had actually played literally every minute of every game since the the restart, so he was probably due a rest as well. Um, so I wasn't. I I, I didn't. I wasn't too shocked with the lineup there. I was, it was quite good to see Nelson there. Haven't seen much of him, um, so it was good to see, like, see if he could try and impose himself on a game. Obviously, we'll probably come and talk about that a bit later. Uh, good to have Lacazette and Aubameyang both on the pitch at the same time. But Lacazette, man, he's off. He's he's out of form, and he bless him. He, he he started off well, but he, he tailed off. But yeah, in terms of the actual overall lineup going back to sort of a similar formation that we saw against Sheffield United that worked quite well. Tierney continued on his form from that. So for me, no real shockers there. I think with the games that are coming thick and fast, you're going to have to see some rotation. So I was expecting to see a bit of changes. You're on mute, yeah. mate, you amateur. Oh, amateur hour. I know. 
Uh, it's because I was too busy trying to remember if it's Nick or Nicky because I listened to the pod yesterday and I think Danny did at least a five-minute spiel on it. Uh, but Nick, uh, we saw Gwen Doozy not make the squad as well. It's just a little bit of a talking point for that. Is that just you know him getting dropped because his agent's a bit of a loudmouth? Yeah, I think he's a bit of a loudmouth as well. And that's, that, they're not going to play him. That's probably it. They'll probably try and sell him in the in the summer or whenever the window officially opens. I mean, did we pay a lot for him? Maybe eight million. So we'll yeah. probably get our money back, if not a bit more. So that is what it is. Never mind. Yeah, I think it's uh, well. As we'll see what happens when we further move into summer. But as you, as we all saw, didn't really miss him today. Uh, so to start with the kind of first half, uh, Ellis, it was kind of interesting her first half from us. Uh, took us a while to get into the game. Not a great number of shots uh, in that first half for trying to get into it. How did you kind of feel Norwich shaped up against us as well? Um, certainly first half, Norwich seemed to basically just sit back really and try and contain us. Um which I thought was strange because I think the best way to sort of go go at us is probably from the attack. We're, we're a bit shaky at the back. We don't really our midfield doesn't dominate games, but Norwich seemed quite happy to sort of sit back and let us come at them. We had we had a lot of possession, I think, in that first half. We created a few chances before our goals, which weren't like proper clear cut. And we didn't we had a lot of space down the wings. I think with the midfield that we've got or the midfield we, that we started with, there was not much like, pace and power and athleticism in there. So I think a lot of that came from sort of the wings with, with Tierney on the left, um, Hector Bellerin and um, Reese Nelson on the right. It's in more going down the left, to be honest, I think, from the first half. But yeah, we, we're sort of prodding and probing, but not really coming out with much. But yeah, it was a strange tactic for Norwich to employ because, I, like I said, if you're going to, the best way, I think, to come against Arsenal is to pressure us from the front, press press us, because our midfield isn't great um, under pressure. And our centre-backs and defence, as we've seen since the kickoff, is they can be a bit dodgy and make some mistakes. So, yeah, it was strange to see them sit off so much as they did. Yeah, uh, Nick, it was kind of we saw with the, us in the later part of the first half that we kind of started to carve carve them open. Uh, do you want to talk us through the first goal that we saw from Aubameyang? Yeah, well, he just um, obviously had a back pass to Tim Krull. Not really any pressure on him at all, but he has been known to make a few of those mistakes. Even, I think he was like the worst goalkeeper for errors in the prem- in the Championship last year for that sort of thing. So he has got previous for that. But And obviously Aubameyang with his pace rushed in and nicked it off his toe and slid it in the back of the net. But when I watched the replay, there wasn't really anything on for him to actually pass it to anyone. But then he probably should have just cleared it upfield like they should have done. But I think, I'm not sure whether he got stuck in two minds, like halfway through just trying to clear it. He like tried to sort of be a bit too clever, but just Aubameyang got in there too quickly and 1-0. Yeah, uh, I think it was a good everything we kind of deserved. Do you agree, Ellis, on that kind of start? Because Aubameyang had a couple of chances before that, but how do you feel? You know, it's the fastest uh, player to get to fifty goals for Arsenal in the Premier League. How do you feel he's been for us overall in that time? Yeah, like, they read that stat out during the game. I think it's taken them seventy something games, and it took Henri 
as the next fastest, about 80-something. So you can't... For me, he does get a lot of criticism criticism from the fans, from the sort of the... I'll say, like, the clear-cut chance that he, he can miss a few, but he creates so much. I think a lot of his game is probably relied on pace, but he's still got it, and he just bangs him. You can't, you, you can't complain from a striker, pardon me, who's the fastest ever Arsenal striker in the Premier League to get 50 goals. He's a proven goal scorer. From, I, I've said this before, like he's a player that I looked at at Dortmund and loved, and I never really saw coming to Arsenal. I always assumed he'd probably go to someone, um, whether you like it or not, a bit better than us or a bigger club than what Arsenal are. But we managed to sign him in a January transfer windows of all windows, and we did. And he's just been, he's been our best player since we signed. For me, it might be a conversation we come on to later, it might be a question later, but we've got to try and keep him best we can Lacazette he's woefully out of form out of the two if you're going to sell one it's got to be Lacazette Aubameyang he's, he's top quality he's a striker that we've always wanted we, we went a few seasons didn't we with Giroud and <laughs> at times when we played Yaya Sanogo we have absolutely woeful strikers Giroud was good he's done a good job for us but in terms of an out and out goal scorer I don't think he really was he was a good link up striker but for me, Aubameyang is an out-and-out goal scorer that you just love to see. There's someone you want in your club who can bang the goals in. And I think that showed today with his performance, really. Yeah, talking about his performance as well. Uh, Ellis, I'm going to come back to you to talk about the next goal because it happened only four minutes after. We caught Norwich cold on that one, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what Kroll was thinking of, really. Trying to do a fucking... I think it's trying to do a Cruyff turn. Funny, a Dutch goalkeeper trying to do that and messing up. And it was just a Bamiyang pushing from the offset. Like it was something that you saw from the kickoff that our forward line, even Lacazette, um, Nelson, to a certain extent, would pressure him. And yeah, I looked down. I was in my dinner at the time. Looked down because I thought the ball was going back to the goalkeeper. And as I looked down, he's gone off and pinched off and scored a goal. So you can't complain. He's a poacher, and he'll be there, and he'll try and win the win the ball and get your goals. And that's exactly what he did. And unfortunately for Norwich, who we're trying to sort of sit there and soak up pressure. They've, they've shot themselves in the foot there, but which is probably why they're going to get relegated this season. Yeah, and Nick, we saw them kind of open themselves up uh, to us and we saw Xhaka get a goal. Do you want to talk us through that one as well? I may have missed that. I was only sort of caught the replay. Like, can you just go through yeah. that again? What happened? I, I yeah, went... so this one is uh, it's the Louise long ball. Plays a long ah. ball from the back. Straight out to Kieran Tierney. Yeah, right. Kieran Tierney plays a one, well, no, not one, two, just a one with a Bamiyang, yeah. uh, who then just slides it through to Xhaka, who smashes it through Tim Krull's legs. Yeah, I so remember that. Because, like I say, I was out and then just caught the replay. Mm. But yeah, I mean, David Luiz, he's done that previously, obviously, many times for Chelsea. I don't know. He's done a few of them for us. I don't know if they're ended up in goals. But I mean, it was a lovely pass out to Tierney. I mean, wow, he's really starting to look the player and he's really started to step up. I just so hope he can put a few games together without, you know, getting any more niggly injuries. But lovely ball into, let's say, Aubameyang. But that was a really good pass by Aubameyang, which is nice to see from a striker because normally strikers get into anywhere that position. They'd be shooting anywhere on site. But it was a lovely weighted ball for Xhaka, so he could just take it in his stride and just smash it. So I don't, I don't know if that went through Krull's legs or in his near post, but I think that was past him before he even knew what happened, really. So yeah, yeah. He, he absolutely caught that one so yeah. well. Um, there's not a huge amount that kind of I've got 
for the rest of that first half. But what I would like to ask is it makes sense whilst we've got two people from Norwich who may have seen more of Norwich City, certainly than I have. Uh, were there any players you were looking out for on the opposite side, Nicky, that you kind of that caught your eye that you were looking out for and that we should kind of keep a closer look at? Well, obviously we've had the few, you know, like the fullbacks, like Max Aaron's and Campwell and people like that. And I don't know what's happened to um, Pookie this year because he got pulled off at half time. He's just completely gone off a cliff. But I don't know how Norwich played mostly last season was like really quick counter attack and football. But Norwich just don't seem to get in the position to be doing that at any time. You know, it's like they're almost. You know, for Norwich to play well, they've got to have the mentality they're already one or two nil down, which doesn't really work. And in this game, they were two nil down at half time. So, yeah, Ellis, anyone from your point of view? I did like Ben Grobtree's uh, shot earlier. I was going to say you, you yeah. skimmed past that one and went straight <laughs> onto, um, onto the goals in the second <laughs> half. Um, yeah, that was a hell of a strike, really. And I think that could have t- it, it hit the post, obviously. That's inches, isn't it, really? It goes one way, it's a couple of inches the other way, and that's in, and we could be talking about a different game. We know how sort of bad Arsenal are at capitulating, and that could have turned it. I think, again, to sort of going, not necessarily highlighting any key Norwich players personally, but from the, the start of that second half, they changed up. They brought on Hernandez. They took off Pookie again. Nicky's said about Pookie there, he's been sort of, off form. He started quite well in the Premier League. He, yeah. he scored a few goals. I remember popping him in my fantasy team and picking up some extra points from him. But I think the problem is is Norwich are a good top championship team and they will be this sort of yo-yo team that bounce between the two divisions. They're another West Brom, isn't they? I won't go that far. I'm not going to label it. They're better than West Brom. Come on. Anyway, but like Norwich, they've been up and down all through the seasons and I think sort of Norwich fans from first, I don't know about Nicky, but from the Norwich fans that I know, a lot of them feel sort of, there's some parallels with us as Arsenal fans. They feel like their squad might not be invested in properly in the right areas. Um, they bring up quite a few sort of like young players. If I don't know if you can remember the Murphy twins that came through Norwich a few years back. Um, obviously they brought up a, few, a lot of the youngsters now with like Nicky's labelled with um, with Aaron's and Lewis and, and, and Godfrey, all those sort of players coming through, Todd Cantwell as well all young players, they, they've got a good academy, they bring through good players, but they don't really invest when they get into the Premier League and that, I think, will always be their downfall. Um, they'll get their money from the parachute money for getting relegated and they'll probably reinvest that in the squad. I imagine they're probably going to lose uh, Todd Cantwell when they get relegated. I think Aaron's, personally, I'd love him at the Arsenal. Um, I'm not sure that's someone we're going to go for, especially with obviously Cedric now. I've got Cedric, Ainsley and, and Bellerin in that position. So it's not something that we're really looking to strengthen. So that's not really realistic going to happen, but it's a player that I like. And yeah, I think Norwich just sort of, I think they're always going to be that way until they sort of get to the Premier League and say, look, let's make a stand. Let's put some pumps of money and let's get some Premier League proven players in here. They'll always be that yo-yo team. I, I thought going back to the game though, I thought they they made the changes. Hernandez came on, Ida came on, who looked quite good initially, um, and Jim Rich as well, obviously massively involved in in our third goal. But they sort of realised that actually you can get our Arsenal if you want. They pushed the full-backs forward. Lewis was getting in a lot of positions. Aaron's was getting further forward at the pitch. Cantwell took a much more advanced position. And for a good period of that first 
um, or the second half, the first half, the second half, get my words out. Norwich were on top, and I thought we were probably going to concede. Obviously, that didn't happen, but um, Fark made some changes, and I think it definitely done a world of good. And I actually think it forced Arteta into making a few changes himself and sort of changing the pass system. Yeah, because we saw in the, well, before we go to the first, second half proper, let's slide it back into the chat box. Sorry, mate, I'm getting excited. That's all right. Uh, uh, no, I can't say that on a podcast. I'll, I'll leave you to have your beer on that one. Uh, rather than make a rude comment about you, Ellis. Um, so we saw, who else have I seen slide into the chat box? I think I've seen Chris Lodato throwing some shade in there. Carlito Aguna. Uh, I see Ray Anderson is there. Renry. Ian Wood with Kieran Tierney, Pride of Scotland. Uh, I, I do like the fact that there's no uh, crowd noise on the view, so you can hear him in his broad Scottish accent telling people where to go and where not to go. should say. Uh, got Russ Morgan in there. Uh, Daniel GFP is also doing what I was doing and sending people off to other channels. Uh, Stefan Selby. You've seen him in there. It's a lot of the ABW FIFA group in there. It's like we might have a session planned for after this game or after this podcast. Who knows? Uh, if you could all just slide in, give us a little thumbs up. There are 127 of you watching at the moment, and I've only got 30 thumbs up. That is, I don't know what to say, really. There's a Norris joke in there somewhere, but uh, only, 30, uh, only 32. <laughs> I'm not making that joke. Come on. We've got to get it up to at least 60. And I might try and create a joke out of 60 thumbs up and something, something, something Norwich. Otherwise, you can just work it out yourself. Or give us lots of thumbs down. I don't think it really works either way. I don't really mind. I think, yeah, if you give us loads of thumbs down, so long as I come out with like net thumbs of 100, let's talk about net thumbs. We'll do that. <laughs> the new, it's the new net spend. It's all about net thumbs on YouTube. We definitely deserve a thumbs down for that fucking comment, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right, so let's go back into the second half. Uh, we saw, Nick, we saw Mustafi come off at halftime and Bob Holding come on. What did you reckon to Mustafi's performance in the first half? Because I didn't really see any reason for him to be like hooked at halftime, more just rotated out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if... I mean, yeah, they haven't, we haven't seen um, Arteta's press conference, so I don't know if maybe he tweaked something, maybe a hamstring or a calf and felt something, because it's quite a weird substitute to make at half-time, especially when you've had a clean sheet in the first half to start changing your defence. But when you brought on Holden, which, I mean, he's... He's looking good, Holden. I mean, I, I saw a good um, view of him. He seems to be receding like a motherfucker, which is quite strange. So we could have another Steve Bold. But but another one, I can't understand why Kalasinac was playing. Has he ever really played at, like a, as a three in the three centre-backs? I, the last time I saw him play like three in a centre-back would be that last game that we played him in. Yeah. I mean, he might have done it once or twice. Like, mm nothing to shout about at Schalke but no predominantly you know that kind of left wing left wing back yeah. kind of position because I remember um, Monreal used to do that quite a lot when we kept mm. changing to three at the back but the only difference was Monreal could actually defend so I don't know <laughs> I don't know why he's in but I mean clean sheet you know brought him on at half time like Alice was said Norwich brought on three subs and I think up until 
they um, stopped us for that another drinks break thing after about 20 minutes. Norwich were well on top there. And I think, let's say, Arteta, I think he made a few changes and then we just dominated. I say dominated, pretty much bossed the rest of the game the last 20 minutes, probably. Yeah, in that first half, or the first half of the second half, we should say, yeah. as we got a, there was a shout for a penalty of Kalasinic on Campwell. Uh, taking your doubly biased hat off, <laughs> what did you uh, think about that incident? Um, initially, I didn't see. It looked like without the replays, I was shitting myself that that was in the box. <laughs> and then when I heard the commentary go, "It's Mike Dean in the VAR room," yeah. like, oh, fuck, it's going to be a penalty. Isn't it? <laughs> um, but luckily, it wasn't in the box. They can't even uh, rule it for a penalty. Um, one thing I will say is Chris Sutton. What a miserable. What it is, I could use a lot, a lot stronger word, but I'm not going to. But yeah, he was a. Uh, oh, I can't stand the bloke personally. On BT, don't have the best commentators, um, but Chris Sutton was just so miserable. But I did agree with my thought initially when I saw it, knowing what our defence is like. I thought that could be a bit clumsy from Kalasanac, um, but he was actually quite. Well, normally he's quite Norwich biased, to be fair. A lot of the times he was during the commentary, but then he wasn't. He said actually it was a bit soft and Campbell was looking for it there, which was quite refreshing to see. I think we have a lot of players, not uh, people seem to think it's the foreign players bringing the game, but we've got a lot of English players, Vardy, who will look for that and make the most of that and win penalties. I think Todd Cantwell there is, he, he's trying to get a penalty. It's not in the box, so he's not going to get it anyway. But he's looking for it there. And I think personally, yeah, I probably agree with Chris Sutton for once in my life. That was a bit soft and not not a foul for me. There's not enough contact. The football has changed so much now that people will go down with the slightest bit of a brush. But for me, that's not enough for someone to throw themselves to the floor. What Kolasinac did, like, he definitely can be a lot more clumsy and he probably will give a few more penalties away in his Arsenal career. I've got no doubt of that. But for me, that wasn't even a foul, let alone a penalty. Well, it was out of the box, so it wouldn't be a penalty anyway. Yeah, did you have anything on... On that incident as well. Not me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you should have said my name then. But yeah, like Alice said, I mean, a lot of players, they seem to do that thing where they'll just get in front of you, lean into the back of you and stop. So, and that's just a natural thing when you're walking about or running about. Someone runs in front of you and stops running and you're running. You just naturally put your hands up. And, and I don't know what that is where, you know, you touch someone on the shoulder and all of a sudden their legs go numb and they just f- chuck themselves to the floor. But like I said, I, I was a bit worried when they said that was Mike Dean on the on the VAR thing. But, yeah, it was outside the box, so he couldn't do nothing. And, yeah, now let's leave um, Chris Sutton alone. He lost all his money. Yeah, I mean, he, he was an ex-player as well, wasn't he? So he was kind of, uh, what, what should we say... Unbiased. He's still a miserable bastard. I'm sorry. Yeah. Regardless, of, that might be why he's a miserable bastard. Yeah, because he lost all his money and got Shearer at getting a job. Can I just? I've got a Norwich fan, George Harmer, in the chat box. He shouted me out. Um, I'll give him a little shout out. Give him lots of abuse. He's a Norwich fan, but he's he's an all right guy and he likes his football. Uh, does he have more thumbs than we've got at the moment? He's very Norwich born and bred, so probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George. <laughs> and I will thank Rocky7GTUK for that one as well. Uh, I, I can't take any, any credit for that one because he says he's from Suffolk as well. So I think there's a bit of a rivalry there. He's from Suffolk. Uh, <laughs> scum, scums. 
Right. Uh, back into the uh, yeah, into the first, the second half. Uh, we also saw, you know, this is the problem about doing a live show after COVID is we've got bloody five substitutions to talk about. Uh, Nelson came off for Willock. What do you reckon to Nelson coming back in, Nick? Because we haven't seen him since the restart and he, he started here. What do you reckon to his performance? He didn't do too bad, actually. I don't know if he's, you know, because we were playing sort of three at the back with like wing backs, he seemed to be linking up with him. So he sort of got a lot of help. Whereas when he's played in like a four at the back, he seems to get a bit lost and struggled, you know, being isolated out on the right-hand side on the wing, but he seemed to be linking up quite well with um, Hector, the same as um, on the other side with um, Tierney. So, you know, how this how they we're playing at the moment with this three at the back, that seems to be some sort of um, continuity and we seem to be playing well with each other as a team. Yeah, Ellis, you think we saw that kind of change to help us get control in that midfield as well? We seem to have lost that beginning of that half. Yeah, definitely. Like Fox, he, he mixed it up. He put like he pushed the players on a bit. He put some more attacking-minded, quicker players. Like Pookie is, he's a good goal scorer, but he hasn't really got the engine or the work rate of the players that Fark brought on in the in the in the second half. And yeah, they you could see it. Like like Nicky said before, the sort of sterilising of the balls and the little water break, they were well on top. And I generally thought they were probably going to nick something and get a goal. And who knows what would have been the, the the outcome of that? There was that stat that they actually mentioned in BT that Norwich are the only team in the Premier League um, to not come back from a losing position. They, if they, when they've gone a goal down, they've always lost the game. Um, but with Arsenal, you never know. We are the team that likes to give players or teams then those chances when they haven't got a goal or they haven't scored in a while. You guarantee they're going to do it against Arsenal. Um, so you, you never know. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think Arteta's hand was forced. I think I think it might have been you, Josh. Actually, on the Brighton uh, pod, mentioned how he was sort of like tactically outplayed by the Brighton manager. Um, I think that may have played played on his mind a bit in this game. I think he could see that the game wasn't going his way. He could see Norwich changed up, and he tried to sort of counter that with the substitutions that he made. And I think to a certain extent it worked. I mean, we won and we scored more goals, so you can't really argue the other the, the case that it didn't. Um, but yeah, I think he wanted to pack out the midfield and get a bit more control because that is something that we have severely lacked in this season. Well, pretty much since Arsene Wenger left in the seasons that have gone on, our midfield has sort of deteriorated and we just don't control games that we could. And that started to happen in the game today in the second half, certainly. So I think that was a good tactical change to try and sort of give us a bit more momentum and take control of that game again. Yeah, we're talking about Willock as well as a player. He has a chance uh, just after he kind of comes on. But I think it's a bigger talking point because of Lacazette and the fact he tries to play him in rather than shooting. Nick, do you remember that that part of the play? It's about 65 minutes in. We see Aubameyang cross the ball in and you think Lacazette's just going to hit this on the volley and just plays like a tame ball across. Is it a... Like a curious case of what's going on with Lacazette, because I can't really work him out now. Of what's happened to him? Yeah, I think just before that he had a. I mean, he's had a, he had a few chances today. A couple of headers, like um, straight uh, um, Tim Krul. I think Abamyang had a soft header as well, but then Abamyang scored too, so he's redeemed himself. But I think a few minutes before that, Abamyang had. Uh, 
Lacazette had a good turn and a shot with his left foot, like quite far out, but completely hit it wide. And that's not the type of player we thought we had. You know, we thought we had someone where, you know, what was it said? You can stick him on the pitch, spin him around 10 times and he'd have a shot and at least get it on target. And he complete, like I say, that one earlier, he completely missed the target and you could just see in his face, like he shouting, holding back of his neck. His confidence is shot again. And that goal he scored before the lockdown, which was kind of a, a miss hit where he kicked it off his own, his other foot and that went in. That hasn't really done anything because, well, we stopped again. So he's had time to think about it. But I don't know. I think, like we're saying, we were saying before on some of the other pods, I think, that's, I think that's him done at Arsenal. I think if we can sell him and get most of the money we paid for him three or four years ago, around the 30 million, I think he'll be gone. Yeah, and I'd be inclined to see that's kind of where I'd see it happen as well. Ellis, we then see like a minute after that, uh, Aubameyang gets his second goal of the game. Another Norwich assist is probably how I'd describe this. Yeah, unfortunately, like Jeremy, because one of the players that, that has came on and he can pick up uh, pick out Aubameyang with a better pass, really. He's literally played him right in. Again, similar to the first goal Aubameyang scored. I wasn't eating at the time, but it was it's one of those moments where you're not you're, you're half paying attention. It's a throw to them and they just play it straight. You think it's going back to their player, but it actually goes straight to him. And in that situation, you, you'd, you'd never really um, bet against him to score. And again, like I mentioned earlier, this is probably a reason why Norwich are getting relegated for mistakes they've made. There's two big costly errors of cost in the game. They've set out probably wrong in my opinion in the first half. They've made their, their job twice as hard by a silly mistake from Krull. Um and just to, to complicate matters, they start to get a bit of momentum in in the second half. They change up, he makes some good tactical um decisions and then another individual error costs them a goal and they're three 0 down and pretty much game over really from there on so you can see why Norwich and, and Blessham are, are going to get relegated this season obviously they, they, there's a chance they might might not but I, I highly doubt that I'm also getting a lot of banter from George as well um, being a big Norwich fan he is currently watching there is an actual Norwich post uh, match uh, YouTube they've got 442 people watching and currently they've got 65 likes which is more than us so we need to sort ourselves out all the all the listeners and watchers now you need to get your get your ideas together put some more likes in there and make sure you get more people watching because we're being outwatched by Norwich at the moment it's disgusting sort your lies out it's ridiculous this is like Eurovision all over so Eurovision <laughs> voting it's ridiculous I can't believe it we've got to 56 though through that uh, what I did say back to him though is this is a big game for Norwich and it really like uh, a lot of people are going to be tuning in for a big game against Arsenal no one no Arsenal fans care about Norwich do they, let's be honest no <laughs> and I can imagine I could probably throw a uh, dishcloth over all 400 of their uh, viewers at the moment as well I'm not going to say you're too spread out around the world with Norwich fans <laughs> uh, 74 minutes I've got two other subs to talk through We've kind of spoken about Lacquer already, but we had a debutant, you know. Nick, we saw Cedric Suarez come on to come and quash the haters after signing a four-year deal without having 
played a single minute for us, having signed in January. What did you make of that substitution and Beller? And also talk through a little bit of Bellerin's performance as well, because he's he's copped a lot of flack in recent weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, we were on the show last night, and I think Carl was going in on him a bit, and I thought, well, I don't think he's done that bad, so I don't know if maybe he's sort of being lined up to be the boo boy, you know, the person to blame everything of why we're not winning the league every year, so that could be Bellerin's turn, but he's definitely not, you know, since he got his injury, he's not, he doesn't seem as fast as what he was a few years ago. And I don't know because he's done his knee and yeah, you probably, he probably has going to lose a little bit of pace, but so in the next, if he's going to stay with us in the next year or two, he'll either adapt his game into being more well-rounded and better at defending and you know, crossing the ball, or he won't, and Cedric will take his place, or we'll get the boy from um, Norwich in maybe in the summer if he wants to go. But I can't see many people like Barcelona or anyone desperate for him. I mean, he doesn't has he actually ever played for the um, Spain national team? I know he played for the under 21s, but I don't think he's had many caps for the main national side, if any. Uh, I can't think, I think he's been away with them once or twice, but then, you know, they've got Carver Howe and uh, I have to keep going through their right backs and I can't think yeah. of many because I'm going to end up saying Captavia and I know he's definitely long retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, we brought him on. I mean, you know, they see him in training and with all this COVID thing, let's say beggars can't be choosers and, he, and he's got Premier League experience. He's, was he 27, 28? So uh, he's 25. There's oh, no, yeah. I mean, um, Suarez. Oh, Suarez is, yeah, 28. Yeah, so like I say, he's got experience of playing in the Premier League. I think he played, he must have played with Van Dyke at some point. So he's, you know, he's not a bad player. And obviously, he came on, made an instant impact. Yeah. Do you want to talk us through that instant impact as well? Because I don't think anyone really expected it. But, well, you know, it's a <laughs> Southampton fullback at the Emirates. Maybe we could have done. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> maybe against us, not for us. I mean, just went, you know, did it was it a corner or something, and it yeah, just corner. went out a corner, and it just went out to him. And like so many players, we sign early on in their Arsenal career, just thought, oh, well, I'll let this, and he just completely smashed it and curled it into the bottom corner. And I thought, oh, excellent. You know, hopefully he's allowed to keep doing that because obviously under the older regime, people who used to shoot from outside the box, I don't know if they used to fine them or tell them off because usually those sort of play, you know, you get the ball in that area, us right back to the fullback, side to side, mess about for 10 minutes, lose the ball and they're on the counter-attack. So, yeah, but good on him. Well done for him having a shot. It was the El Nene against Barcelona, wasn't it? That was the only shot he had. And then Wenger kind of seemed to have chastised him and he just said, oh, sorry, boss. I'll continue playing it sideways. Never take a shot ever again. So, yeah, uh, I was pretty mad on that one. So, yeah, uh, did we see really happen? Because to be honest, at this point, I was getting ready for the podcast and also contemplating if I could uh, get in a cheeky poo before... Uh, we went live, but I couldn't. Uh, I did, so, that's why I was late. Oh. For fuck's sake. <laughs> you got to bottle it up. Or if you're Danny, just just do it where you sit. That's um, your only two options. 
before you move on, Josh, going on about like Cedric, like he's got a good left foot on him, hasn't he? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know anything about the guy, but he literally at one point he crossed with his left and tried to cross with his right foot. I, I haven't seen that from one of our, our right backs in a long time. So, yeah, more yeah. of that. I quite enjoyed that. I don't, I don't know. Like, Have you seen much of him for Southampton? Yeah, for Southampton and Portugal as well. He's like a solid right back. It's it's not like we're getting like a Stefan Lichsteiner in or even someone just like a young... But this is like a an experienced player who's played at the highest level. And he's a decent technical footballer. He came from Sporting Lisbon uh, before he went into Southampton. And I saw a bit of him there as well. Uh, I want to say he played under... Bielsa, do you play under Bielsa? No, uh, maybe. Anyway, he's a technical player and I think that's the main thing we're getting from him. So even if he does lose his legs, he's still got a decent set of feet on him. And we saw that with him crossing in with his left foot and crossing in with his right. And we should mention, even though the goal that he scored did get a bit of a deflection on it, he took that with his left foot as well. That's a left-footed strike from out there. So he's got decent technique on him. But I think it's yeah. Sorry, Ellis. That's all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, so, has he played other positions as well? Is he predominantly a right back? Because again, like I'm quite narrow minded when it comes to football. The only people I really watch are Arsenal players or people in the Premier League. And again, only really when they play Arsenal and occasionally when the Champions League is on, I'll watch that. I don't know much about him, but does he play multiple positions other than right back? Has he has he been deployed on the left? Yeah, he's, like he's played a few games. He's played a few games at left back. They said he's confident enough with his left foot, which obviously he shoots. And I mean, I don't know if he's as good two-footed as say a Santi was, but if he's confident enough, you know, to play at left back, right back, you could see that's why we signed him. And if he can actually defend as well as score goals, you know, we've got a decent player, and we're sort of. I mean, like I said. We're actually, for once, sort of taking advantage of players that are running their, you know, contracts down at other clubs rather than just our players running their contracts down. <laughs> yeah. What I think I say about him is, again, it is, it's, it's, it's Norwich. Again, it's, this is not a dig at George again or any Norwich fans that might be listening, but it is only Norwich and you, it's not a great team. So he's, he's, he's come on in the end, but getting a goal was good. Like, I, bit of trivia for the chat box. I don't know how many Arsenal players on their debut have scored. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head. Josh will probably oh, come yeah. up a massive hipster. Sorry, Aubameyang scored on his debut. Did he? Oh yeah, Everton. Yeah, against yeah, Everton. Yeah. Mickey yeah. passed it into him. Did Adebayor do it as well? Someone will probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he might have done. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, put your answers in the chat box. <laughs> but I think it's also mad. Signed in January and his debut is in July. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got Lacazette as another one. I can't think who he scored against. Probably Everton. We always seem to play Everton. First first game of the season. Uh, Freddie Jumberg. Obviously. One. Uh, oh, of course, Crystal Lato said Aubameyang, but he can't think of any other player other than Aubameyang. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt Roberts coming in. Cedric's been at Southampton for nearly 10 years. He knows how to defend. I think for Marlon scored on his um, debut against Everton as well. Yeah. Why is it always Everton? Are we just literally <laughs> saying that now? Yeah. Someone's, someone's put Chamak in the box. Colo's used cars. What a name anyway that is. But he probably scored against <laughs> Everton. That's just the only, only team we score against on your debut. <laughs> oh, and here we go. It's uh, Danny Wikipedia, the GFP. 
has come in with Alberto Mendez, Freddie Jumberg, Stefan Maltz, uh, Gilberto Silva. I think he's making some of them up. Uh, Adebayor, Samir Nasri, Thomas Vermaelen. Oh, there's Wrighty, John Jensen. Kalasinic scored, uh, didn't he, in the Community Shield? That doesn't count. That's one. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that's a glorified preseason friendly, unless you're including it as a trophy to it win an argument. <laughs> I'd also like to include Man City in that one as well for their quadruple they won last season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, uh, let's continue through. Well, the only thing I've also got to talk about is Pepe sub and Bamian came off. That's all I really saw after about 80 minutes. There, was there anything else worth talking about, Nick? There's a couple of um, City, like the few petulant fouls they got booked, like that with the 86 and like the 92nd minute. Just we've, we were running through, so we might have got the fifth goal, but that was like deliberate pullback and got booked. Nothing really come of it. And I don't think Pepe really had much time to get into the game. So I don't think he, it's a bit weird taking Aubameyang off when um, he rested in the last game and he was on a hat trick. Don't know if that had upset him a little bit, but he scored two, so. Yeah, I mean, we've got, uh, I want to say it's Wolves at the weekend, but these games have become so thick and fast, it might be Leicester. Who knows? It's one no, of the two. We've got an awful fucking running now. It's, um, who is it? Wolves, uh, it Leicester, Wolves. Spurs and Liverpool are like our next four games or something horrible like that. Yeah, then we go to Villa, Man City and then Watford. But to be honest, looking at what Leicester were doing this evening, I'm assuming they lost because it was 2-1 last time I saw. Yeah, against Everton. They haven't been doing great since the break. Uh, I could go full hipster if anybody wants to indulge me on pressing stats and teams that aren't good at, or are good at pressing aren't as potent at the moment since the restart and teams that didn't get pressed that or were really susceptible. Presses are doing quite well. Hence, we're seeing someone like Newcastle getting not four goals against Bournemouth because that's like kicking a blind man's stick away. But, you know, the previous previous results were Newcastle doing so well since the comeback is that teams aren't running as much. But that does the game for us. Uh, 42 minutes gone. 130, I was going to say 135 watching and it's just dropped down to 130 on YouTube there are 66 thumbs up there two thumbs down that makes 68 I reckon I said at 60 I'd do a Norris joke but someone else did it for me so what are we going to do for 100 I don't know I'll work it out people if you can get to 100 maybe I'll go live on Twitch whilst I do my post podcast poo that that'll be there if we get to 99 I won't do it if we get to 101, I definitely won't do it. Therefore, that's like a goal for you. If you, get, if you get to 100, I'll try and stream some FIFA games if I can work it out. Oh, yeah, we might even go live on Twitch, but <laughs> probably not. It's more like a forfeit, isn't it? So, yeah, just <laughs> to make sure it's nothing. After two minutes. Um, and Come on, Alice, if I can do it, you should be able to do it. Well, mate, I am a lot more not very technical towards you. Ask Danny, he'll tell you a lot of shit. 
<laughs> right. Uh, shall we move to questions? Because I think we kind of got lost in that little chat of rambleness. Uh, we've got a question here from oh, uh, Phil Macker's one. Is Lacquer now a busted flush? Nick, I think you kind of answered that one already, didn't you? Yeah, his confidence gone. And yeah. I don't know if... <sighs> I mean, I can't remember. I don't know how he was playing for France. Obviously, Chris would know more, but he's just looked like a obvious case of a striker that always, you know, would play better with two, you know, to play off someone. But we haven't got, you know, a player like that. With I mean, if it, he'd have done well playing off like a Giroud type player, but obviously we sold him and brought him a Bamiang. So you know, we haven't got that. But yeah, and it's, it's not just the last few months it's been a steady decline over the last three years so yeah i think he's busted uh, can i come back in is that right uh yeah i thought you were having a stroke. i thought you were having a stroke for a second <laughs> i didn't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> just call 999 stone words not speaking smell burnt toast burnt toast got a lot anyway yeah can i just come back in like i can literally hear jeff ass on the back of my head going FIFA isn't football, but I can remember ages ago when Lacazette was at Lyon and he was Lyon, Lyon, banging goals in in Liga and he was one of the squad builders on FIFA Ultimate Team and he was just such a good player and like you got him and you could like I don't know if anyone plays FIFA, they might do, but with the squad builders it takes a lot of time to get the player in your team and he was a beast on FIFA and I remember thinking I wish the guy would come to Arsenal I think Chris was sat there saying, I used to watch him when he was two, playing for the under twos and got all the videos up in my loft, I watch him all the time that's my Chris impression, do you like it? (laughs) Um, But yeah, just I think he's a good player and again, I sort of agree with Nicky he has been a steady decline, but that coincides with our midfield, our midfield is shit it is so bad. Like I don't think like if you if we sat there now, obviously not going to do it, and we went through like the midfield of every Premier League team, our midfield would be pretty fucking low. They they aren't great. And if I could sit there and look at all the teams above us, there are so many players I take from another team to play on our midfield. It might necessarily suit our style, but they're a lot better and more technically gifted than what we've got. And I think that's coincided with Lacazette's downfall Abamyang, he's a quality striker he will get you goals out of nowhere he still gets shipped out on the left and expects to do a lot more but he will get you goals Lacazette unfortunately needs a bit more sort of nurturing his form has suffered and the team's form has suffered and I think it's been a sort of a double whammy I, I think he could potentially come back from it whether he will or not we've seen sort of players form whether it be a centre-back for us a midfielder a striker whatever be destroyed from sort of the form that Barcelona and just our fans can be a bit toxic and I do believe, personally from my opinion, from what I look at social media, Lacazette is getting a lot of flack at the moment and he seems like someone who's probably in touch with his social media. I mean, the fucking guys were liking AFTV shit for Christ's sake. So he probably does look at social media. don't know if that comes into it, but I thought at the start of the game, he looked up for it. He looked fired and then the confidence just drained from him. Again, Josh, you made the point talking about um, that chance when Abamyang crossed it to him, he tried to header it back to Willock. Like, striker on form is at no point is thinking, I'm going to header it back to the however old Willock is, 18 year old, young, inexperienced guy. He's not thinking that. He's thinking, I'm taking this down and I'm shooting, or I'm shooting first time. He is unfortunately woefully out of form. 
I hope he can get it back. I think if we get a stronger midfield and create more chances for him, hopefully he can come back into it and, and show the striker that he can be because he is a he's a good quality striker. Whether that will come or not, I'm not sure. And again, if if you said to me, we've got a, we're going to have to, out of Aubameyang, Lacazette, one of them is going to go, in my opinion, one of them has got to go. And if you're giving me the choice, the guy scoring goals, the guy isn't scoring goals. It's, it's, it's an obvious choice. I've got the Lacazette. But... I'd like to think that he can sort of get over this form, but who knows? Who knows? Oh yeah, I was just to quick say you'll be right because um, it just seems like what I'm saying. He's playing a lot with his back to goal, and he's got like players behind him all the time, and he's just been resulted to like turn and quick snapshots and little like say little headers and flickers, and well, that's not him. And like I said, when he we signed him. You thought he was going to be the bloke playing off Giroud, and Giroud was going to be, you know, linking up well with him, you know, chipping the ball down to him so he can run onto the ball and shoot. But with how we're playing him at the moment, with his back to goal, that's, that's just not actually that's not his game. So he's not going to hold the ball up. He's doing okay at holding the ball up, but like I say, he's not scoring goals. But if that's what the club want him to do. I mean, I don't know if we can rebuild the side fast enough for him to regain his form. You know what I mean? I don't think we've got enough money to buy the players needed to get the best out of him. Yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to see him charging down cruel more often. We saw that he yeah. was gettable as a goalkeeper. You know, we saw Bamiang literally score a goal by closing down the goalkeeper. And Lacazette, I think, had a number of opportunities to do that and just didn't. But, but I don't know. What what do you think, Josh? In 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 terms of potentially trying to get something like, is he someone that we can sell? Is he someone we're going to get an offer for? Or is it some? What what is your opinion on the whole like situation with Lacazette? Like, do you say we keep him? We try and play him back into form, improve the midfield, and potentially he's going to get a lot more chances? Or is it a case of we're going to have to sell someone? Is it him that we need to sell, or is it someone else? Like what, yeah, your- we we know our midfield isn't great. So that's obviously not helping feed our strikers. And, you know, Bamiyang has kind of scored goals just by, you know, doing things on his own in certain opportunities where we saw both his goals today were assisted by Norwich players. Yeah, and our midfield did nothing to kind of help him in that regard for his two goals. That's a great so, point. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think... Norwich midfield have got more assists than our midfield have. Yeah, when you look at the goals we scored... Uh, Abamyang created the Xhaka goal in terms of well got the assist I think it's David Luiz who kind of starts the whole thing off mm. but to kind of create that goal and Suarez scores from someone mishitting a clearance out to you know from a corner and he just picks it up and scores but you know none of those came from decent creative play from us so I think if we need to cash in Abamyang is the obvious choice for that regard, for a couple of reasons. One, there's definitely a market for a goal scorer. There's always a market for a goal scorer. Uh, I think we'll get a higher fee for him as well. And then secondly, when you look at Lacazette, one, who's going to come in for him? And then secondly, we've got the, uh, I was reminded of this earlier, there's a 35% sell-on clause uh, that we've got to pay back to Leon on anyone that we do sell for him. So if someone gives us what? 25 million arguably that we'd get for him we're only going to get 18 of that because the rest going back to Leon 
So we're not going to get a good deal out of him unless he goes for big money or we do something like a swap deal that negates that 35% that we've got to pay Leon. So, yeah, I'm not too sure on what we do with it, but seeing as uh, I think I've seen a lot of people moan about how choppy and changey it seems at the Arsenal with our transfer strategy, but looking at what we've done since Edu has come in, and the three, well, four contract extensions that we did in a uh, couple of weeks ago on the deadline, I'm including Sabios in that. They all seem to have logic behind them. And uh, we've just signed up Saka as well. So we know there's a decent movement in that point of view. So, yeah, I'm kind of happy with what's going on. But, yeah, I think it's just going to be something we're going to have to deal with and be really clever about how we kind of deal with getting our players out that we need to. So, yeah, um, let's go to a couple of other questions as well. Um, Archie, I think I'm going to leave your question actually for Saliba and Mickey for the podcast and hand that one over to Danny, who, by the way, as you mentioned, Jeff Arsenal, Ellis, uh, Danny has taken the number of podcasts that isn't this podcast that we have mentioned on this podcast uh, count up to five by saying that Jeff will be on Wednesday's podcast. So there you go. That's the big marquee that we've got in before the end of the season. Didn't try any of those ex-players. They're all too expensive. Jeff Arsenal, we can get him for a couple of uh, after eights and uh, a washcloth that smells of rich mahogany and sandalwood. Uh, so the question I will go to, let's go scrolling down, uh, Rocky Seven GT UK, and I'll go to Ellis for this one. Should we pay off Ozil? Yes, because we ain't fucking using it at the moment, and it's I, I think aren't that was my answer in the chat box when he was when Rocky was posting in with the barrage of abuse that he was giving me as well. Um, yeah. I think we should. No, we, we we've seen it with the with, with the Mickey situation. I don't know the ins and outs of that deal with um, with Roma, but he's off the books. And I imagine, from like a club perspective, that that's enough, really, because that Sanchez Mkhitaryan deal for both clubs was a fucking nightmare. But no one's come out looking good there. No player has moved to their respective club. And actually warranted it, like they've both been shit. And as for Ozil, I like the guy. And like we've sat there, there, there was there was a time when he signed for Arsenal where he flourished, and he was that marquee sign that we needed. I can remember the day we signed him on transfer deadline day, when you were allowed to crowd round the fucking reports before someone rammed a dildo in one of their ears. The Arsenal fans were going mental for that sign, and, and rightly so. That was like that's something we've been craving for for so many seasons a marquee player from the likes of Real Madrid and then the following season we signed Sanchez uh, was it the following season? anyway one yeah. season we signed Sanchez a player from Barcelona like top La Liga sides yeah those two weren't like the best players in their side again Cristiano Real was a bit pissed off that Erzul gone because he was a, such a prolific assister and provided so many goals or like assists for him and again, Sanchez, he scored a lot of goals for Barcelona. And there was a point when those two come and they clicked and they worked really well. 
and then they both sort of went off the boil again. We've mentioned Sanchez going around swapping the other way for Mkhitaryan, and Ozil being the one that retained on, and we did it by putting him on a really big wage. And since then, he's just been on a gradual decline. And two managers now have had issues with him. Unai Emery, the less said about his tenure at Arsenal, the better, but had issues with him, dropped him out of the team. Arteta, even though before the break, was actually playing Ozil a few games and he looked quite good, I'd say. Again, that's an argument for another day in those games. But he's now started dropping off the break. There was, I think, again, Josh in our group chat, uh, Akib, one of the listeners to the pod, put the TIFO thing about Arteta and how his management strategy has changed. Again, promoting another fucking thing on YouTube. TIFO did a really good uh, YouTube video about how Arteta's management has changed since going into lockdown. And after lockdown, there was a, a point that really struck me where for the Man City game, he rewarded players that show the right attitude, the right mentality that, that Arteta wanted for the squad. And the players that didn't show that were dropped. Two of those players being Ozil and Pepe. And again, Pepe's now got himself, he's worked his way back into the team. So that might there might not be any validity to that, or it might be the case that he's now started to show the attributes that Arteta wants, but Ozil seemingly potentially hasn't. And if we're not, if he's being paid, again, wages aren't, aren't everything, but he's being paid the most at our club and he is providing nothing zero things for us I mean, he's not playing he's not providing assists he's dropped off I'd rather I love the guy and I'd love to see him sat there in a 10 playing balls Lacazette and Aubameyang but something isn't right in this situation and the best I could probably hope for is like a Turkish club comes in like a Fenerbahce and say we'd like to take him off your hands but we can't afford him we just go look we'll pay off the rest of the contract he can go to you and then he's off the books. He's not a problem. We're not talking about him, and we're concentrating on Arsenal and the players that want to be and want to play the way the manager wants us to play. So yeah, for, for me to answer Rocky's question, I get rid of him as soon as I can. Awesome. I'm just thinking we're just coming up to an hour, and I said, "Oh, don't want to go much longer than an hour because I've got things I want to do." I did a Chris so, rant. Very sorry. You, you <laughs> did do a Chris rant. It's great to see that you're not the only one for it. It kind of lines us up ready for next season that we know we've got someone to step into Chris's shoes and, you know, take over from, from him when he's not available. To one shoe, the other, other shoes, like a peg leg. Yeah. Uh, and Danny has also told us we are now at seven for the count of podcasts that we have mentioned. It is not this podcast. That's less than one every 10 minutes. Or more we than one every 10 minutes. Let's get some sponsors in here. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Um, right questions i think there's one question from danny that has asked me that if i had the choice of moving to norwich or and arsenal winning the premier league would i do it um i don't think arsenal yeah i don't think norwich is that bad is it it depends how long i have to be there for it's like prison probably not it's, it's a fine city it says so on the sign yeah i'll take that it's a fine city Find you actually seat. took that question and didn't use it as a chance to banter both me and Nicky off. And I use the word banter because I know that really fucked Danny off because that question was a horrible question to ask. Yeah, yeah no, so I thought I'd I'd take all of the banter out of it and all the harshness out of it because he's just trying to be a cheeky monkey. I don't get how you'd even... You're, you're contemplating, oh, I might not move to Norwich. You live up north. Like, fucking hell. Norwich is a lot better than anywhere up there. I'll tell you that for free maybe we've all seen the state of Liverpool and that, remember all those scenes were before the Liverpool fans turned up that was just Liverpool uh, 
I think there's some loads of great questions, but I think I'm going to have to throw them over to Danny. Uh, oh, there's one last question. I think I'm going to use it from Fly KG. KJ? Uh, that's the one I'm going to use for us to kind of end on because it's pertinent to this game as well. There's a lot about players that we should look to sign. I think I'm going to throw those because they're great for podcast questions, not necessarily for our post-game shows. But yes, uh, which player... This is one each from all of us. Uh, would you take from Norwich? So, Ellis, start with you. Of course, too busy looking, like trying to type in the chat then. I couldn't get back onto the, the right tab to unmute. How amateurish of me. Um, I'm going to say it before either of you two can say it. Todd Cantwell, like, we've just sat here and moaned quite a bit about how bad our midfield is. I'd love to see that good in our midfield. Again, I like Aaron's. Um, I like Lewis. But we, we've, we've got plenty of cover. The argument again about how good or bad our defence mm. is, but I think our midfield needs a lot of work, and I'd love to see Todd Cantwell playing in our Arsenal midfield. And he's actually an Arsenal fan, so I think that work quite well. But yeah, what would you, who would you take? Uh, Nick, who would you take if you were you, to play? No. You go first. I'm trying to find his name. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to go. Sl- oh, actually, to be fair, if we got rid. I kind of like the look of the guy that came on at half time. Is it Ida? Yeah. Ida, the uh, striker. But to be honest, I'm going to go with Ben Godfrey. That's what I go through. A nice young centre back in there. I think he could. Depends on what Callum Chambers is like after his, uh, he's come back for his dodgy knee. But yeah. Uh, and Nick, what about you? No, none of them are all shit. None of them. There we go. That is the true Arsenal perspective of all Norwich players. They're getting relegated, so of course all their players are shit. Uh, but yeah, I uh, just got to say, I think we're going to wrap it up here as well. We've got 76 likes, so unfortunately you're not getting a Twitch live of me doing a poo. So you probably all go away with that, to be honest. Uh, but if we could get some more likes, there's 176... No, 116 of you. I can't count. Uh, 115. It's going down. It's like you know the show's ending. Uh, if you could give us a thumbs up on the way out, that would be great. If you want to give us a thumbs down, sure. Or if you just want to put a little comment in and you're watching this after we've done it live, you're watching on YouTube, you want to stick a little comment in there, either Danny or I, Chris might be in there. We might give you a little uh, conversation in there and we'll do something. It'll be great. Yeah. Put your yeah. best Norwich joke in there. I'll go in there and laugh at you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Nick, thank you for joining us. It's been great. Yeah, it's been good, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Ellis, um, yeah, it's been all right, hasn't it? How rude. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a great time talking about a 4-0 win, bannering off my mate about Norwich and having a good old chat. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> you're all very welcome that I have hosted this and it hasn't been a complete car crash. And all, actually, quite sadly, if any of you follow me on Instagram, you have missed out of seeing the squirrel that appeared at that window and uh, asked me if I wanted to speak to him about his Lord and Saviour, Terry Nutkins. Uh, I politely declined and offered him a cashew. And uh, so, that's yes, one of Josh's better jokes from from experience. That's quite a good joke. So you need to go see it because they don't come around often. I know, right? 
it's <laughs> it's as rare as anything. But anyway, we have been a Burkamp Wonderland official Arsenal podcast aggregator. If you want to know about a podcast that isn't this one, come and listen to this podcast because guaranteed we will tell you about six others that are better. Uh, and on that note, I think, well, Danny, no, I don't even know who's on the next show either. It's proper amateur and I can't bother to scroll back in my phone. So three people, maybe four, will join you for post-Wolves. I don't think I'm one of them. John Welsh might be one of them. Jason probably doing it. Um, you might be a pirate. One of us might be on there. Who knows? It'll be an exciting event for all of you, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, for now, thank you. And up the Arsenal. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>